MacCast, Thursday, April 3rd, 2014. Hey, Mac Geeks, it's time for your MacCast, the show for Mac Geeks by Mac Geeks. I'm Adam, and this is the show where we discuss all things Macintosh. How you doing? Welcome back to the MacCast. Well, I can hardly believe a week has gone by since I brought you my first coverage from Macworld. This is going to be another special episode of the MacCast. I have another two days of coverage of Macworld to get out to you. I got back on Monday and promptly had to go do my taxes, so... That ate some time. I'm playing a little bit of catch-up. Lots of audio to get through. Had lots of recordings. Something that was unique about this year's Macworld, more than any other that I've been to, is how much I noticed that there is a real international flavor to our community. Some of you probably know I was hanging out with the guys from the British Tech Network. Uh, Ewan Rankin and Paul Wheatley were both over. They had made the journey, and we actually stayed together. We hung out. We had a condo. It was a great time. I had a blast hanging out with them. As a matter of fact, if you want to see how much of a blast, I, I think there's some videos floating around, and one of them may even involve me sliding down a fireman's pole. So if you can find that, not very hard to find, BritishTechNetwork.com. Uh, you can uh, see a little bit of what we were up to. I also, uh, if you were following, al- following along on MacCast.today, that's the uh, site I set up to kind of just post. It's a Tumblr log, so or a Tumble log. I don't know how you say that. It's basically Tumblr site that I was posting photos and just things from in and around Macworld uh, for you to follow along with. I think I'm going to try and keep updating that site from time to time. That'll be kind of the one place where you can go uh, just to see what I'm up to. I'm not going to probably post every day, but just short little things. If I find something interesting, if I'm out doing something, if I talk to somebody interesting, I can do shorter interviews, audio interviews, little video things, stuff like that. So I'm going to try and keep that going. We'll see how I do. I've, I've tried this sort of thing in the past and uh, fell short. But getting back to this sort of international flavor. So I was staying with the the Brits. But I also noticed, and you'll hear that in the interviews starting today, I also noticed that as I was interviewing different developers and people exhibiting at Macworld, they were from all over the world, more so than any other year. I know that we have uh, international developers and that this is an international community, but just was really driven home for some reason at this year's Macworld. I have Met a lot of people from the Ukraine, also UK. You'll hear a little bit of France in, in there. Uh, Netherlands it was represented. Uh, so lots of different countries and places coming together at Macworld. And I thought that was pretty cool. So you'll hear that in uh, today's interviews and also continuing into uh, the next episode. So I really hope you're enjoying this Macworld coverage and uh, here is day two. So one of the great things about coming to Macworld is running into people that you don't get to see all that often. And one of those folks is Greg from Smile. So uh, we caught up here and I'm sitting here with Greg. And Greg, so just one, how are you doing? How are you enjoying the show? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, we are not exhibiting this year, so it's a little easier. I get a chance to actually spend a bit more time with folks and we're not worried about uh, running a booth. So that gives us a chance to do things like this. Yeah, yeah it's a good time to catch up. And so I wanted to sit down with you and kind of catch up just with what the latest kind of stuff that's going on at smile so what's happening these days over at smile sure so over the next uh, couple of months uh and 
within the recent history, we're doing a lot on iOS. So uh, we have PDF Pen for iOS 1.7, which shipped at the end of February, and that's our you know complete redesign for iOS 7. And uh, so far, it's been pretty well received. Uh, if folks you know haven't updated, then uh, I'd certainly encourage them to. I think they're going to find it uh, speedier and also. It may not be visible, but the engine underneath that um, is now almost perfectly in sync with the engine for the uh, Mac product. And there are, you know, there's a lot of improvements that have come uh, since prior versions of the iOS products. So it's very exciting. Is that a lot of uh, work on your guys' end? I mean, I would imagine it's a little bit at least. <laughs> well, certainly. I mean, any time that you redo the interface for an iOS product, it's, it's pretty substantial. Uh, we've, we faced the same thing with uh, Text Expander Touch. Uh, that had some detours, and so uh, our iOS 7 update for that is due in the coming weeks, uh, ho- hopefully next week, actually. Uh, but that depends a bit on the app review process, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. Right. You kind of had a, a, a change in how you kind of had to handle the syncing data, um, but it seems like you're getting pretty good uh, traction with developers implementing the new uh, the new way you have to do it, right? Yeah, we're thrilled. I mean, the people who had been uh, implementing the SDK before, the bulk of them have come back, especially the ones who have uh, sort of, I, I would say, marquee apps. So we're delighted to have the support of, uh, say, Agile Tortoise's drafts or uh, Flexibits's Fantastical. So, um, you know, and we have Tap Forms, we have Launch Center Pro. So we're delighted to have the apps that people use all the time back on Texas Panther. And we're looking as soon as we ship the iOS 7 version to make a push to see if we can get some more app developers to adopt because uh, it, the SDK is free. It's pretty straightforward and you can bring your users to light, uh, you know, at a relatively low cost. So that's always a win. I'm one that benefits from that delight when there's text expander support in my favorite apps because I rely on it so, so heavily. Um, anything else that's going on? Uh, sure. Well, in the same theme, we, you know, we sort of have this, this great iOS theme going on. We also have PDF Pen Scan Plus, which is our newest iOS product. Um, and that is... Uh, scanning and optical character recognition on your mobile device. It works on an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, You take a picture of a printed page and um, it will uh, decipher the text and produce a PDF that's searchable. And it does all of this on the device. It doesn't actually send anything up to the cloud or the network. So you can operate offline. You could operate in a library. You could operate at City Hall or uh, wherever you need to. Uh, or you can operate somewhere where there's just lousy network access. So that product uh, did debut with iOS 7 support, uh, but we had some uh, sort of workflow issues that we've learned about as users have used the product a lot and were able to improve some of those. So we'll be having a version of that coming out, uh, I would say, within the next month or two. Uh, and the, that version should dramatically improve the workflow and just make it easier for the things that you do every day with the product. Yeah, from my perspective, that's something I've noticed over the last probably year. You guys have been really focusing on the whole PDF family and the whole workflow and integration of all those apps actually together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, you know, it's it's a suite of apps. They, they share a common underlying engine, um, and in some cases they share some common UI engine on iOS, and really our focus in the whole PDF family is to allow you to uh, do to PDFs whatever you need on whatever device you're working on. So on iOS, for example, instead of building 
optical character recognition into PDF Pen and making it a bigger download, a bigger product, a product that has multiple separate interfaces, it made much more sense for us to have a separate product that launches very quickly, that's smaller, um, and that is entirely focused on optical character recognition. So a thing that you'll see there is that there is a specialized camera interface that's designed entirely around optimizing page content for optical character recognition, making sure that the exposure is good, making sure that the lighting's good, etc. So, yeah, and it, it works really well. I rely on that a lot. I've, I've now have this nice workflow where right when I get a document, you know, I'll be at a meeting or something. I got someone to hand me a paper thing, and I just wish they'd send me a PDF to begin with. But now I have an easy way to capture that right there and get right into my workflow. And then if I need to do something else with it, I can bring it over to my iPad or shoot it over to my Mac. It's it's Excellent. So, um, hey, thanks for uh, taking time to sort of catch us up on what's going on with Smile. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Adam. Oh, and I guess we also should just real quickly, if people want to find out about all the products, your uh, website is at smilesoftware.com. Great. Thanks, Greg. All right. Thank you. So I just ran into Yaroslav here. He's from PetCube and actually has a really unique product. I found out about this because at Macworld this year, they're doing something called Six About to Break, which was kind of, I think, six companies came and presented products, and then they had people vote on the ones that they thought uh, were going to... What was the criteria? Uh, well, people were voting on the ones they thought are the best. So which is going to be the new hot product. And you guys actually shared the prize with another company. But uh, what is, I guess we should start off, what is a PetCube? Yeah, so PetCube is a device and a gadget and a mobile app for pet owners. We invented it to stay connected to our pets when we are not at home. Uh, So the way it works, inside of the device there is a camera, a speaker, a microphone, and a laser pointer tie. So you can actually see what your pet is doing on live video stream. And on that live video, you can move the laser pointer over the floor so your pet will run after it. Cats, dogs, they just go crazy running after the laser pointer. Right, yeah. And so I should have asked you what the dimensions is. Maybe, what are the dimensions on the cube? It's a small... Four by, it's 4 by 4 inch. So 4 by 4 inch cube, and then there's a camera mounted at the top. And it's not at the top, it's inside. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so camera is mounted inside of the cube and the laser pointer and the speaker and the microphone. So the whole cube has this sleek, beautiful look. It, it's an aluminum case and a black toned glass for a front wall. Yeah, it's a really beautiful, beautiful product. So you would set it on a shelf or in an area of your house, maybe back towards a wall. And with that nice wide angle camera, you could see the whole room. And then you were saying that the laser pointer is also wide angle. So you have a pretty big distance you can control that yeah exactly so you're able to monitor and then also play with your pet and you can call him you said even from another room with the speaker exactly yeah that's why we include a speaker in the first place but it, it makes it an, a communication device as well you see and the best the thing i like the most about PetCube and actually our mobile app that you can share photos and videos taken from your PetCube camera, and you can also share PetCube itself. So you can share access to PetCube to your friends, family, or just anyone you want, and they will be able to access it from the mobile app. And actually, what we are releasing at this uh, Mac World is our mobile app, which was just launched yesterday. So for now, it's just a photo sharing app for pet owners, pet lovers. So you can share photos, you can browse other people's photos of pets, 
And these photos are incredibly cute. So we are just seeing first pictures from our first users now. But it really it gives me my daily dose of cuteness and inspiration just looking through these photos of cute pets. Yeah, people really, really love to interact with their pets, even when they're not at home now uh, with, with this product. So can multiple people uh, access the PetCube? Yeah, so if multiple people want to access a PetCube video stream at one time, there will be a queue. And uh, the people that is playing with the PetCube right now will have 30 seconds left to end uh, the gaming session, and then the next person will uh, has the control. Oh, very, very cool. So you're saying the mobile app is available now, so that lets you go on, share your uh, photos of your pets and things like that. People can download that today? Exactly. It's completely free. You can download it from the App Store. And if they want to get the hardware, uh, when is that going to be available and how much is it going to cost? So hardware is currently available for pre-order on our website for $199. Uh, we share a promo code, which is Pets Are Awesome. It works for one week during the Mac world. And uh, the PetCube ships in May. Okay, and, and so it can be kind of hard to uh, do this over audio. We described it as best, best we could, but I'm assuming if people go to the website, they can see images. I think there's some video and stuff like that, so they can get a better sense of it. Uh, what's the website? So the website is petcube.com. Pretty simple. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So I'm over at the uh, Riedel booth now. They actually make one of my favorite apps. People who have listened to my show know for a long time that uh, I love documents. I've been using it for uh, a long time to be my document manager on my iOS devices. So I'm here with Denny. Um, and you guys uh, have Documents 5 now. And there's some really cool new stuff in there. So can you start? let's start off by talking about what's new in Documents 5. Yeah, exactly. We just launched Documents 5 one month ago. And it was a quite a huge update to what we've had before. So first of all, we focused on design and how it looks and what people see. But there are like a bunch of new features that uh, helps to manage your file more effectively. We added drag and drop uh, into files, into folders. You can drag your folders into your Dropbox storage. So it's pretty simple to upload like any file to iCloud. So it's really, really simple to navigate. Also, we added color tags. You can tag your files. You can favorite, uh, favorite your, your files to kind of have a quick access to those. But uh, like the most important thing we've done is that we added this uh, feature. We call it add-ons. So Documents 5 now is a central hub of all Riddle apps. So what you can do is that, let's say, if, if, uh, if you have on your iPad uh, our other apps, let's say PDF Expert 5, or Printer Pro or PDF Converter, documents will just know that there is this uh, other app from Riedel is there. And let's say if you want to print something, the documents will have this little option to print your file using Printer Pro. And it's you never leave this one app. So, you know, there is this uh, big problem in iOS. You have to do one thing in one app and then open it in another app. So we're trying to fix that because we think it's, it's broken right now. So you don't have to leave documents whatsoever. And let's say if you want to, um, if you have PDF Express 5, Documents 5 will, will unlock all the PDF functionality within Documents 5. So people will just have to stick with one app. So, you know, like you don't want to have too many apps for too many things. You just better have one, one app with all those options. 
It, that feels to me a lot like what you did for my documents, basically, with Documents 5, because the reason I use that app is I have stuff in a bunch of different places. So I think I was telling you last night that I use this AirStash, which is a little wireless device that lets me access files on an SD card. And I can have, through Documents, I can get to stuff that's in Documents 5, I can get stuff that's on my Dropbox, I can get to stuff that's on my AirStash, all from a central location. So now it sounds like if I have other Readle apps, now I have a suite and I can do everything from a single app again. Now with the apps, same way I would have done with my files. Yeah, exactly. And um, we have even bigger goals. So for now, we just support our own apps, but we want to make Documents 5 as like a central platform for any file-related activities on your iOS device. So we plan to release an SDK for third-party developers so, so that People will, will just have one app, one app that integrates with all the other apps and interconnects those, and that's going to be a central hub. So that's our big goal. And I think Documents 5 is great. I mean, it's free. It's, 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 I don't know. I think I'm biased a little bit, but I think that's the best on the market out there in terms of features and design. And, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't somebody get it? Because, uh, you know, it's like Finder for your iOS device. It, it really is. And the new design is really nice and clean. I really liked it after I upgraded. And the, uh, you were mentioning the drag and drop, and that was like the killer feature for me on the new version. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can drag everything where I want. This is just like on my Mac. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, we just we try, we try to, you know, to uh, pair the experience of what, what, that users have on their um, Macs and desktops to what they do on their iPads and iPhones. So the ultimate goal here for us is to create a, like a bunch of a suite of productivity apps that will allow people to stay as productive in, let's say in the field or somewhere else not be in the office. Right. And now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because I, I have not looked at Printer Pro and you were mentioning that product so I'm really curious. Can you give us just a little uh, taste of what Printer Pro is and what it does? Sure. So Printer Pro is a very straightforward, simple app. It, what it does, it allows you to print from your iPad or iPhone directly to your printer. The, of, of course, it should be wireless printer, but uh, there is a way to print to even like USB printer. I'll tell you later. So why it's cool is that because it can print anything, uh, your pictures, photos, documents, uh, websites, email attachments, and like basically anything. And it's much more robust uh, compared to AirPrint because AirPrint is mostly for text, right? When you have like just one page of something, it's good. But Printer Pro has, we just added, like the new version has the new, like the advanced uh, printing settings. So it is as powerful as your desktop printer set. So I don't know, you can set multiple pages per sheet. You can set print range. So if you want to pr- print particular pages of that document, let's say one, two, from fifth to eight, you can set all that. And it, it works really good. I mean, once you connect to your printer, boom, you're done and you can print like instantly. Yeah, I know my wife gets frustrated. We have a wireless you know, e-print printer, but she gets frustrated with the limited options when she's trying to print things out. So it solves that kind of issue for us? Yeah, definitely. I, I use myself, I, I print tickets and uh, I mean, my, my bookings uh, from my iPhone, just from my uh, mail app, boom, it's done. So I, I don't have to launch my, my, my MacBook Air anymore. Yeah, and so if I have an older USB printer that's not networked, you have uh, some help for that too? That's right. So we have, we found a way to kind of, um, how to do it. So once you have Printer Pro on your iPhone, you can download a Printer Pro desktop app, we call it. It's a free helper app 
which is essentially a bridge and, and connector uh, between your iPhone and that old USB printer. So the, the, the iPhone will know that, that uh, there is this desktop app that connects to printer. So this desktop app essentially controls the printer that is connected to your, to your Mac or, or PC. Very cool. I actually do solutions like that, with, and it's a great use of an older Mac, an older printer. A lot of us have these around and maybe retired them because they weren't wireless, so it's great to you know, can bring that back as a printing station for your iOS devices. Definitely. I had like so many people writing us emails, oh, thank you guys, we didn't have to buy a new printer and spend 100 bucks. we just got this app and it's amazing. So it's, it's, just, it's just very nice to let people do things. Yeah, it's very cool. And you guys have a bunch of other apps, so people should definitely go check out your, your website. Uh, where can they get more information? And I guess we should tell people, we already mentioned Documents 5 is free. How much is Printer Pro? Printer Pro is, uh, the iPhone version is $4.99, and the iPad version is $6.99. But I can tell you a secret. There's going to be a big campaign for Printer Pro in the second week of April. So if you guys wait around 10-ish, 15-ish of April, you'll, you'll have a great discounts and probably something even more. Right, a little teaser. And if they want to see all of your products, where's your website? Uh, it's Riddle.com. We are on Twitter at Riddle, which is R-E-A-D-D-L-E. Perfect. Thank you so much, Denny. Thank you very much. All right, I've jumped over to the Olo Clip booth, and I'm back here with Patrick. We've talked a few times over the years now. You guys have a whole range of products for extending the camera functionality on your iPhone and iPad. We're going to get to that in a second. I don't want to get, give away the big reveal. But let's uh, start off. So I think last time we were here, you had a new... You had the case that was coming out, um, but since then, you have really expanded the lineup. So let's go through some of the new updates to the Cup line. Yeah, we've launched a load of new products, six new products in the last six months. So we replaced our original 3-in-1 products with the new 4-in-1 product. The 4-in-1 is fisheye, wide-angle, and has two macro magnifications now. It has 10, as we had before, but also has 15 now to give you even more magnification. Also, the optics on the new lenses are improved, gives you more clarity, less distortion, and the design of the lenses are beautiful. They look like the iPhone. They've got the beautiful chamfered edges. We've got space gray, gold, silver, red. So those we're matching all the iPhone colors, plus have the red if you want to really go out there and uh, make a statement. And uh, yeah, we've also got iPhone 5C, We've got a case for people that want to use a case. The clip doesn't require a case, but some people want a case. So we made a case that opens up to allow you to use the clip and has the tripod mount. And then we've got the macro 3-in-1 that has the hoods that set your focus for you. Because with macro, getting that focus point is a little bit of uh, something you need to learn. But this, my 13-year-old son calls training wheels for your macro. You just put it on, drop it onto something, it automatically sets the focus, the hoods collect and diffuse the light and make some beautiful pictures. Yeah. I probably should back up a little bit. I, I just assume everybody knows Oloclip by now, but uh, so people who haven't seen it before, it is a system, it slides over the, the camera on the corner of your iPhone and then there's different lens attachments and, with the different lines that you have. You also have a telephoto too. That's right, yes. We've got a telephoto that gets you twice as close. It doubles the image, so it's like going from SD to HD. So you takes a quarter of the image and expands it to the whole um, screen and gets you that much closer. And you can digital zoom further from there if you want to. And it has a circular polarizer to block glare, let you shoot through windows or waters without seeing that glare. 
Oh, that's awesome. That is really awesome. And I'm looking over here, too. You, t- you touched briefly on the, the macro lenses. This looks like it'd be a cool thing for, like, science classes, classrooms and stuff like that, too. Like, I'm thinking my kids are going to love this stuff. Yeah, there's so many different ways you can use it. You can use it to take beautiful pictures, to take beautiful video. Macro video is incredible, especially with slow-mo on the iPhone 5S. You can just get insects just crawling along. And, and instead of scurrying, it looks like they're just delicately walking, walking across. And uh, you can take, uh, I mean, Cirque du Soleil has used them to inspect the guide wires for the performers. Uh, we have uh, doctors and dermatologists using it for taking a look at uh, different things on skin. There's people using it in industrial things when they want to inspect something or take a picture of something and email it off to a factory they work with. There's just so many ways you can use this product. Yeah, what I love about your guys is what you guys do is it's so flexible and so expandable. And now that you have so many options, right, it really extends the functionality of the camera that you have with you. And we talk about that a lot. You know, more and more people are shooting with their iPhones, but also more and more people are shooting with their iPads, right? And you're going to have a solution for that as well. Yes, the iPad product is coming. It'll be shipping at the end of April. And it's the same 4-in-1 lenses that we use on the iPhone adapted to the iPad. And it works with iPad Air, the iPad Mini, and the iPad Mini Retina. Same great quality. And you you commented earlier, you were showing me, you pulled one out of your pocket. That's the other thing is your system is so small and compact, you can always have it on you and just swap them in and out quickly. But you've done a beautiful job with the design. I just have to say, you mentioned that chamfered edge, and they look gorgeous. They perfect match for the new iPhones. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we've got seven designers and until recently only had one salesperson. So design is a primary focus of what we do, and we really work so hard just to distill the product get it down to its essence, make it easy and beautiful. So on some of the new products that are shipping now, the 4-in-1, the telephoto, and the macro, uh, do you have pricing on that? Yeah, so the 3-in-1 the macro is $70. The 4-in-1 lens is 70 the same price as the original 3-in-1 was. The telephoto and circular polarizer is 100 and the iPad will be 70 also. Great, and that's, that's coming uh, end of April? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Perfect. And if people want to see actually see the products, uh, you, you have a website people can go to? Yeah, they can go to oloclip.com, and it's also in the Apple Store, too. Perfect. Great. Thank you very much, Patrick. All right. Thank you. All right. I'm over in the Appalooza area. This is where all uh, the app developers are hanging out, and I just ran into Philip from uh, MacPaw. You guys have been around for a while, but you're showing off uh, Hider 2 today. So I guess the first place to start out would be, uh, what is Hider 2, and what does it do? Uh, Hider 2 is an application which lets you uh, hide and encrypt files and folder on your Mac, so no one will be able to find them in Finder or Spotlight. So it's completely secure. It has AES-256 encryption, uh, and just in case someone hacks your computer, uh, your data will be completely safe and confidential. Right, so you're showing me the interface. It looks very beautiful, by the way. Um, and so basically, you log in, you set up a secure password, log into the system, and then there's a couple different ways you can add files into it to kind of uh, encrypt them and hide them. Can you talk about that a little bit, the process of how you do that? Yeah, you're, there is multiple ways of uh, how you can add files or folders. The simplest way is uh, just simply drag the file on the application window. You can also use a plus button uh, within the application to select uh, stuff you want to hide. We also, uh, you can also just go to the finder and hide files just from the context menu. Uh, so no need to launch the application or make any dragging and dropping. 
So it's easy, it's integrated into the Finder. Yeah, and I was watching as you were doing it. You had a couple files on the desktop, and you added them in. And the minute the minute you said, "Hey, make this invisible," there's just a little toggle switch. Um, then it disappeared off the Finder and went. And then it, after that, it's, it gets encrypted and it's stored securely. And now it's safe and protected. And if I wanted to get that back, then I could come into the app and I can see all the stuff that I've hidden. But you have some uh, additional tools more than just browsing. Can you talk about metadata and searching within the app and stuff like that? So when I need to find stuff again after I've hidden it. Yeah, so uh, to make your file management easier, there is uh, several uh, tools which help you to find the file. First of all, you can create custom file categories within the app, uh, break down files like categories, uh, documents, images, whatever. Uh, we also incorporated Mavericks text support. So once you're, if you're using Maverick text in Finder, once you have added file with the tag, into the app, those tags will appear in our interface and you can easily uh, search files by the tag. And one more thing is a search bar where you can uh, search for the file by its file name or file path uh, to find particular file you're looking for. Right, and so I'm looking at the interface and I can see my tags there, I can see my color tags, so all that metadata is maintained, the file names are maintained. Uh, you're showing me even if I have a name and a path, the paths are searchable as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then also, uh, I noticed you have a menu bar app, and uh, that menu bar utility, if you're not running the app, will help you search and find things as well, correct? Yeah, exactly. Uh, for, uh, you can find, uh, you can even close the main window of the application, go to the menu bar, open up our menu bar assistant, uh, get access for the five recently used items, or you can use the search bar to find some file you, you are looking for, even without launching the main window of application. Right, and that looked like it was really handy, too. If I was in a directory and I knew that had a file that I had hidden, I can quickly toggle it back on, get access to it, and then put it back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Perfect. Looks like a great application. Um, how can people find out more about it, and how much does it cost? Uh, well, the application will be live on the Mac App Store on Wednesday, 2nd of April. Uh, the regular price will be $19.99. But for the first week, we introduce a launch discount, 50% launch discount. So go to the Mac App Store and search for the Hydr 2 uh, or go to our we website, macpo.com slash Hydr, and you will be able to buy the application for less than 10 bucks. Great. Thank you so much, Philip. Thank you, Adam. So I'm over now with E3 Software. Jonathan is here, and you guys do a product for direct mail marketing on the Mac. And I wanted to talk to you because this is something that I've had asked of me many, many times. I have listeners who are in different kinds of groups, clubs, small organizations. Maybe they run a business or something like that, and they want to do email marketing. And you have a product for that. So can you just describe what your product does Real, real briefly. Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, our product is called Direct Mail, and uh, and what it does, it makes it real easy to create and send just great-looking email newsletters. Uh, just like you said, it could be to your uh, customers or maybe an organization you're part of. But uh, the app is is uh, all inclusive. We've got great tools for building really nice-looking emails. We've got great tools for just managing your list, and whether that means importing a list from someplace else or uh, building your list with a subscribe form online. We've got that covered. And then, uh, you know, the, the last part, which is really uh, an exciting part, is we've got great tools for uh, reporting. So after you send out your email campaign, you can go in and see, all right, uh, who opened my email, who clicked the links, uh, all sorts of great data uh, is available there. Right, and I really liked how the application was laid out. So 
you get in there, you kind of got your three tabs, and you really kind of, it looks like you kind of take the user through the process. So when you're building out your message, you, it looks like you have some great de- tools for designing, some great templates already built in there, and, you know, merging in, obviously, data, names, and things like that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I'll talk about our, our templates here real quick. Uh, right now is a very interesting time because I think this year is when globally uh, we're crossing the threshold where more people will open their email on a mobile device than on a desktop device. And so we've spent a lot of time uh, making sure that our templates uh, have a responsive design and look great on mobile devices. Uh, we've spent a lot of time making our, our template builder just super easy to, uh, to, to, uh, to learn and to use. It's all drag and drop based. It integrates with iPhoto and your other uh, your images that you have on your Mac. So we've just spent a lot of time kind of fine-tuning it to be really easy to pick up and use and uh, and really easy to create beautiful-looking e- uh, emails. Yeah, and one thing about that that, you know, we were talking a little bit, there's a lot of online services and things like that that are great at doing email, but I'll... I mentioned those emails that I get from people. A lot of times they're like, but I want a native app. I want something that I can work with. It's easier. And I think working within a native app is just a lot easier. And I was looking at how you were adding different sections and things like that. And if you want to change the layout in a different section, it's all kind of just drag and drop and point and click and super fast and super easy. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are lots of great uh, web-based services. But we find that people that come to us uh, time and again just say they came to us because it's a native app. It's easy for them to use and understand. It integrates with the other apps they already use uh, for their business. Uh, and so uh, we find people are really comfortable with that, and uh, that's a real uh, uh, pull for them. And the other thing is you can, of course, design your email with your tools, but also you were saying it brings in Apple's templates, and that means also some other third-party temps- templates that are available. Yeah, it does. There's, uh, you know, so Apple has uh, in Apple Mail. A lot of folks don't know this anymore, but Apple Mail has lots of really great-looking stationery. They call it stationery built in, uh, and like you mentioned, there's lots of third-party vendors that build these stationery packs. Um, JumpSoft or Equinox build these third-party stationery packs. So. Uh, we build our app to be able to uh, accept and work with all those, you know. So it really it it broadens the number of uh, options you have. Uh, lots of great looking options you have to to design your newsletter or to import it uh, from anywhere else. Or if you have designed your own, uh, you know, with hand coded HTML, that'll work too. Right, and so then you know you also need to manage your list. So you have tools and functionality for that, so you can import lists from a bunch of different locations. You were saying. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we realize that folks have their data in all sorts of places, right? It could be a FileMaker database. It could be uh, you know, in an uh, Outlook co- contact database. It could be anywhere. Or it could be your, your Apple Contacts app. And so uh, we wanted to make it easy for folks to bring in their data from all sorts of sources uh, and uh, to be able to synchronize with all sorts of sources. Uh, we work really hard to integrate nicely with uh, Daylight, which is a popular CRM app. And so uh, you know, we try and be as good a citizen as possible on, on OS X. Uh, and it looks great. It keeps track of uh, bounce backs and all those sorts of things as well. We do, yeah. I mean, imp- it's important to be able to track things like unsubscribes, uh, bounces, uh, the occasional uh, spam complaint. So we handle all those for you. It all shows up in your report. Uh, your lists get cleaned automatically as emails start to bounce and those kind of things. So Right. And you already mentioned uh, briefly, but it's really great. You have a, a form. So if I want to throw a form on my website, I can generate that quickly and easily and, again, capture more email addresses and things like that. Yeah, you got it. We, have a, it's, we call it a subscribe form builder, and you can add your own logos and branding and colors. And uh, we can either host that form for you or you can embed it on your own website. But the great thing is, is when someone actually subscribes to your list, it will synchronize automatically and instantly uh, with the app itself on your Mac. 
Right, and then finally, and it's it's a big part, but you mentioned the reporting, right? I can get all, all you know how many people opened it, how many people didn't, all those sorts of things. Yeah, I think folks are used to knowing that they can, you know, you can get reports on who opened it and who clicked the links. But some things that surprise people is you can actually see uh, what email clients that your recipients are using. You can actually even see a, a world map and, and where folks are located on the globe as they open your email. So we try and provide a lot of data that you can then use to fine-tune your, your future email campaigns. Well, perfect. It looks like a really, really great application. And it looks like there's a couple different ways to, uh, you know, because obviously you have to send these things out, right? And we were talking a little bit earlier that, you know, sometimes, depending upon the volume of your email, you need different services, stuff like that. So you have different uh, price points and different ways to uh, cover the cost of the application? That's right. Yeah, we have actually a variety of pricing plans, uh, depending on uh, what your use is going to be. Some folks send all the time, and for those, we have very affordable monthly plans. Uh, some folks don't send uh, frequently at all, and so for those folks, we have a more affordable pay-as-you-go plan. Um, and then if you're kind of enterprise level and you manage your own email servers and that kind of thing, uh, we have a plan for that as well. So kind of no matter what your needs, I think you'll find that we have a pricing plan that slots in nicely with what you're looking for. Right, great. And so if people want to find out more information about the software, maybe they want to find out all the details on all the different pricing plans because there's probably too many to go into right here. Where can they go check everything out? So just head on over to uh, directmailmac.com and uh, you can, you can uh, download the software for free and try it out. And uh, we have live chat support available if you have any questions. Um, and uh, we hope you like what you see. Great. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you, Adam. So I'm over here at the MacFun software booth with Kevin LaRue. And um, Kevin, I think where I want to start is some people may not be familiar with MacFun. You guys are a photography company, photography software. Uh, can you give a little bit of the history of uh, MacFun and where you guys come from? Sure. Uh, you know, MacFun's genesis is in the iOS uh, world. We've got a lot of great apps over there. But around 2010, uh, moved into the Mac desktop space. Uh, as you pointed out, we're a photography company. We currently have six of uh, the top 12 or 15 apps in the paid photography category in the Mac App Store. So we're well known on the Mac uh, app side uh, for the photographer uh, market and the, and the pro photographers out there. We can, we, we're a little bit of a mystery, but coming up fast. Well, one thing that's happened recently is that you guys have really expanded the product line on the Mac desktop. So I think I first found out about Snapheel Pro, or Snapheel, I think it was probably at the time. That was the first uh, app I, I came across. So let's start there. Uh, can you tell everybody about Snapheel and what, what that does and, and how it works? Yeah, so Snapheel has been out for, uh, for a couple of years now. It was uh, actually named by Apple as one of their best of 2012 apps. And uh, we've recently uh, upgraded it to a pro version. And what that means is that it can run as a plug-in inside of Photoshop, Lightroom, and Aperture. And those are tools that pro photographers use and a lot of enthusiast photographers as well. So uh, that's a great little product. It's designed to remove unwanted objects from your image. So you're taking a picture, you, you didn't see the telephone wire in the background. The dog wanders into the family portrait. Uh, those, are, those are excellent case studies for what Snapio can do. Right, and what I like about the products is it's they tend to be very targeted on a specific sort of task. So in this case, it's removing unwanted objects, cleaning up things, and stuff like that. And then you have some other products that do other things. Yeah, so uh, so one of our popular products, which again was actually named uh, Best of 2013, is a is a product called Intensify. And as the name suggests, 
intensifies design to bring out details in your images, recover shadows, and it really makes every image just pop a little bit more. You wonder how the pro photographers get those great, uh, those great shots that just seem to leap off the page or leap off the screen. It's with tools like Intensify. Uh, again, we have a standard version that's sold in the Mac App Store, as well as a pro version that plugs right into a, a photographer's workflow in Photoshop, Lightroom, or Aperture. Right, and then your uh, your most recent product, Focus Focus Pro. Right, so uh, Focus Two Pro is a great little tool for for applying creative blurring techniques to really draw a viewer's eye into an image. So a lot of times, uh, uh, photos, uh, even portrait photos, can be kind of flat, and Focus really gives you that that depth of field look, uh, vignetting. Again, creative blurring. Um, we also add tilt shift and motion blur uh, to this new version, and so it's 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 a very popular uh, new product in, in our lineup. Right, and so you've been just rolling out products after product after product, and I think something that's great now is now that you have a few, they also integrate and work really well together in terms of a workflow, right? That's right. E- each of the products can kind of round trip their images within each other. Uh, the products all have uh, sh- uh, social sharing capabilities built into it, which is kind of cool. And they all open up raw images, which very few uh, tools other than maybe a Photoshop or a Lightroom do. So you can throw a, a, a Canon RAW file, a Nikon RAW file right at it. I, I was shooting with some friends of mine the other day, and we were taking uh, 80 megabyte you know, uh, raw files right into right into focus and intensify and making them look great. Right, and I know they run as standalone, but you also have the ability, if you're Aperture, Lightroom, that sort of thing, to integrate with those as, apps as well? Th- that's right. The software automatically installs into the host applications that you have. And so, as you say, you know, you're in Aperture, you're in Lightroom, you just shift-click or control-click, I guess, on, on the image, pull up uh, pull up your plug-in you want, and you're, you're off and running. And so I guess we also should let people know pricing on the different, uh, different products. Yeah, so uh, in the, in, on the pro side of it, Intensify normally retails for uh, $59.99. Um, uh, both Snapheel Pro and Focus 2 Pro are $39.99. And so the, you know, the, we, we do have uh, the, the bundled kits, but those are the retail prices that you find on our website. Uh, certainly here at Macworld, we're rolling out some specials, but uh, uh, th- those are the prices that most people can find online. Right, and I, I know you mentioned it already, but just so people understand, you do have versions of the Mac App Store, and you have the ones you sell on your website. Just the difference between the, the, the two. Yeah, the the primary difference uh, between the Mac App Store versions uh, and the Pro versions are that the Pro versions can plug in to a, a photographer's workflow, whether they're using uh, Adobe Bridge and Photoshop together, or they're using uh, they're managing their images in Lightroom or Aperture, uh, and then they need the additional editing capabilities we provide. The Pro versions plug into those uh, those host applications. The App Store versions uh, that you find on the Mac App Store do not. Right, they're the ones that run standalone. Okay, great. And if people want to see get more information about the products, where should they go? Yeah, they should go to macfun.com. That's M-A-C-P-H-U-N.com. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, thanks a lot, Adam. Great seeing you again. So there you go. Second day of Macworld coverage. A lot of fun. 
As always, if you've never had an opportunity to make it out to Macworld, uh, consider it. It's really become, a, I think, a consumer show. There's lots to see. And just look over the speaker list this year. There was a lot of really great sessions. I'm there to kind of cover the show, so I'm spending a lot of my time on the show floor. I wish I could have got out to all of the great sessions that were going on there. And it doesn't matter sort of what your interest is. Paul Kent and his crew always put on a really good show and they really line up a diverse group of speakers. So if you're into consumer electronics, if you're more on the IT side, if you're more on the education side, you're very likely going to find some value in uh, in Macworld. So maybe I'll see you out there in 2015, but that is going to do it for today. I'm probably going to be bringing you the next day of coverage in the next day or two. I'm going to try and roll this out pretty quickly now that we're uh, getting away from Mac world, and then we'll be back with the regular Mac cast uh, very, very soon. So stay tuned for all of that. If you have any feedback for me, anything you'd like me to cover on an up on the upcoming episode of the Mac cast, you can send me feedback. Maccast at gmail.com is the email address. You can call, also call in on the listener hotline. That's at 281-622-4269, 281-MAC-IM9. You can leave voicemail there. I'm also on Skype, and you can leave voicemail on Skype. My Skype username is the Maccast, and you can also follow me online. Oh, I should mention show notes and links to all of the different Mac exhibitors you can find on the website. That's at maccast.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the forum. And then you can also find me, find me on the web, Twitter, twitter.com slash maccast. Also check out the Maccast Facebook page over at facebook.com slash the maccast and on Google Plus. And also be sure to check out the maccast.today page. There you'll find the images and photos and stuff from uh, my Macworld coverage. So look forward to seeing you online. But until next time, I will talk to you all again real soon. (laughs) 